0: Welcome to Profitable Powerhouse Properties with the AHI Group. I am Jonathan Cook, and yeah. with me as always...
1: Brian Jenkins. Good afternoon, <coughs> everyone.
0: We are back. It is... Uh, we're we're going to finish up our March Market Madness in April, and that's okay.
1: Yeah, we'll we just we scratch have, through March and write April in well, there.
0: Yeah, just just kind of take that little period of time where um, we were on a little bit of a lockdown. Break check compliments of COVID-19. Yeah, we're just going to kind of... Um, Pump, pump those brakes a little bit. We're just going to act like it didn't happen. There, there was, what was that, Brian? Three, three weeks or so of, of chaos in the streets, and nobody knew what was happening, and who's in what office, and where are we recording, and I'm working at home from my 11-year-old's bedroom. But I'm back. I'm back. We're all back. Everybody's roughly back. Um, we, we've worked out our social distancing. We're, we're all in the office. We just recorded a Facebook Live event. Kind of detailing, and of course, I call allergies. it. Episode it is Alex. Clarify, but I mean, we, we just went through a Facebook Live event, it, it, you know, expressing what we are doing um, as a property management company in in lieu of the COVID nineteen pandemic and and how we're handling it. But one of the things that we didn't get to was our market information on Birmingham, Alabama, which is, of course, it's the biggest market. It was, it was what all of March Market Madness was leading up to, Brian. Oh, no. It was the big one.
1: And we left everyone hanging.
0: We did. We were like, hey, <laughs> you want all these cool places that maybe you don't know enough about? And you're like, yeah, that's neat. That's neat. That's neat. How do we get to Birmingham? Where do I buy Birmingham? What's going on in Birmingham? I need to buy Birmingham. We we're like, yeah, we'll tell you later. So, so right now is later, Brian. It we're is, to it. It is. But I'm going to put a little bit of a spin on it. I've got some information here, Brian, that is... Really a a contrast between two years, because I think a lot of people during the current pandemic, especially people that are in the the real estate market buying uh, mindset, I I think a lot of people have probably, through no fault of their own, been reminded of 2007, 2008, 2009, the last housing crisis. I'm sure there's no way that I'm the only person that is... Very, very, very much having some deja vu of it, right? No,
1: but I would say, and I'll kind of piggyback on that because I literally just got off a uh, IMN panel uh call a little bit ago, and that exact thing came up, and there was yeah. that comparison, oh seven oh eight versus current crisis, yeah. and it was brought up that oh seven oh eight, the result there was an overbuild, yes, causing. The, yeah, it's, the, it's different situations right, that caused it. Caused it. So now we're on the flip <clears> side <throat> of that, is we have a, a an actual housing shortage. We sure do. Right? And somebody on the call had actually brought up a um, a slide that they put together, and it was in reference to, and I, I took a picture of it, uh, it was in reference to the number of homes being built per number of jobs, and we're actually okay. per household. Okay. So it's actually two new jobs per household, every one home being built. mm mm-hmm. So indicating that we're behind the curve. And it was exact flip yeah, of course. the other direction in 07 and 08.
0: Yeah.
1: Leading up to that. That's
0: point. that's pretty interesting. And, and and in all of the other March market madness episodes. And that we, was a
1: seven year trend by the way. That is a very last interesting Last seven trend. years.
0: That's very that. interesting. In in all of the other episodes, the way that we've done it was kind of discuss what the economic drivers are and how much they built mm-hmm. into stuff and and how the the cities are growing and what, what the reason they're growing are. I I've decided that in this episode with Birmingham, I mean we do have a little bit more in-depth knowledge of everything happening in Birmingham because we both live in Birmingham. But also the 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 big difference is that kind of stuff has kind of changed. Right now we're looking at nationally what was it a 10% unemployment rate? Right now it's it was it was doing some crazy numbers. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about economic drivers, right now I don't think that's something that we can bank off of when when we're talking about things anymore.
1: In, in the same way, no, I've, seen still predictions. There. I've I've seen in her predictions over the last two weeks of sure what May's numbers will look like being in the fifteen to twenty two percent unemployment. Yeah.
0: So in, So instead so instead of ta- exactly change, where yeah. Were. So instead of talking about what's driving the city of Birmingham um, and talking about what our projected job growth numbers are, because right now we don't know. There 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 has been a, a shift in what we were looking at to what they are now, and so and also. Luckily, it it came down to the Birmingham episode when when we're changing the way we're looking at things, and we're I'm just going to bring some hard numbers as far as okay, it doesn't matter what the reason that people are buying houses, what the reasons that people are paying rent for. I've just brought some numbers to the table of what they are doing. How about that, Brian?
1: That's that's good. I, and
0: I've got I've got hard numbers.
1: Some other info that I'd like for people to consider as we get into these numbers. A couple different things. So one of my daughters actually works for Ship, which is Birmingham-based.
0: Yeah, let's just, yeah.
1: Um, so we're talking about, you know, overall, we're looking at businesses closing, small businesses specifically, mm-hmm. other businesses scaling back, furloughing employees okay. or terminating employees, reducing hours. And then you've got companies like Ship who are a necessity this time, right? Yeah. They're going out and they're picking up stuff for people and they're bringing it to their homes, uh, to allow people to shelter in place and that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. But I know my daughter told me last month they hired 30,000 new shoppers. Yeah, that makes
0: sense.
1: And I've heard similar stories from like FedEx and some other companies. Can we
0: talk about Amazon, about how they are uh, what, 20 miles that way? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. I mean, to the western side of Birmingham, there's a... Which we have distribution centers in a couple yeah, of our markets. Absolutely. We, we mentioned one in Mobile. But uh, this was the first this one works. this is the first one in Alabama it and it's the biggest one. Yeah. It, it, we we have as far as people that are essential workers and continuing to keep their jobs and hours. Let me tell you Amazon employees they are not they're not losing hours. I I, I can't imagine because I have received I I receive an exorbitant amount of uh, you know Amazon packages in the mail normally. But we're getting um that hasn't slowed down at my front door, Brian. I'm just going to say. It's
1: slowed down in mine. I just haven't been Whoa. shopping. I haven't been buying anything. I have, it. have to.
0: <laughs> I haven't. But Katie's at home yeah. all
1: the time no, that's, now, Brian, that's so she gets to. Even my daughter slowed down. She patted herself on the back oh, to say, either.
0: hey, I haven't bought anything for two weeks. <laughs> two,
1: whole two whole weeks. Two whole weeks.
0: Oh, my gosh. look um, get dog food that way. It's, it's, <laughs> it's safer to get my dog food shipped to us than to run to the it grocery is. store and, and you know fight the yeah, social distancing and, the, and the which has not that been in bad. House. I mean, overall, it hasn't
1: been. It's not. It's not terrible, uh, and it continues to uh, amaze me. If you, you know, I went to Home Depot over the weekend, mm-hmm. went in early Saturday morning, like eight a.m., and literally seventy-five percent of the shoppers in the store had no gloves, no mask, nothing. Of course, they don't. Uh, now I go back again for a second trip at about eleven, mm-hmm. and it's the exact opposite. Seventy-five oh, really? percent of the people in the store had gloves and mask on. Only about a quarter did not, so one out of every four people.
0: We look now. Everyone listening, I'm about. I'm going to pre- apologize for these words, but we had to go to Walmart over the weekend, Brian. And I know nobody should be doing Walmart runs right now unless you're just getting groceries and getting out, deucing out of there. Look, man, that place was packed. It was like there has been no difference. It it was just a regular old Friday afternoon at Walmart, man.
1: parts of that continue to amaze me. Um, The other piece of information I wanted to kind of throw out there is uh, I was on a panel earlier and and, uh, one of the gentlemen was talking. He was from a uh, a title company. And he was talking about the fact, he said, he made the comment, well, at least we're not in commercial real estate. At least we're not buying and managing commercial real estate. Okay. And the idea was, I guess, I I look at my own operation. He said, I've got four people in a 15,000 square foot building. Right now, he said, what's happening is employers are realizing, I don't, I'm not going to need all this space, you know, how we do business is going to change in the future. Sure. I truly believe that. But he also made the point to say, with everyone working from home, the most valuable asset to people right now, and this should project forward to help our industry out, is their home environment. Correct. So those that are in apartments are like, why the heck am I living in an apartment? I want to get in a house ASAP. Number of those won't be able to qualify for purchase, so naturally they're going to progress and advance toward toward the rental market. So that's going to help increase, and again, it's going to help increase home ownership. Is still going to be an option, but Certainly. but also we got and into and we got into the have, the side rates have it.
0: dropped. Yeah. Um, the 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 mortgage real estate rates have really kind of uh, gone down to to pretty record lows right now i mean this is a great time to buy a house if you can afford to go mm-hmm. buy if you still have a job and you're still making money this is a good time to go buy a house yeah i mean i, I know last housing crisis it probably wasn't until you knew it was hitting the bottom because it was but that was because there were, there was a million houses well, out i would there.
1: say if we've not learned anything from the last crisis mm-hmm. so we had an overbuild we had a lot of foreclosure activity yeah I don't believe there's going to be that type of foreclosure activity.
0: Well, I also haven't seen a ton kind of rate drops. No. Not, not not massive. like There's
1: forbearance was. and all sure. that stuff going on. So I think that'll work itself out. But I, I, I mean, I personally think that the housing market is going to pick up Yeah, right where it was due to the shortage to start with. And now we put more emphasis on the importance of housing because mm-hmm. as I mentioned, that's everybody's most Absolutely. important asset right now. Is and,
0: and I'm going to go ahead and I'm, I really want to talk about these numbers because how absurd I think these they are. All right, I'm going to let
1: you get into and it. And I'm going to get into
0: it. But 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 I'm going to preface this to saying I'm I'm weighing these February, March and April numbers against last year, so 2019. Okay. I don't know if everybody remembers 2019 the way that I do, but it was also a great booming year for the Birmingham market. Mm-hmm. It was. We had incredible investment growth and and the rental market was great because we had a good economic turn just, just as far as job growth in the city of Birmingham or the, the metro area what was fantastic. That's when Shipt basically got here and started hiring folks back at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the city of Birmingham, actual Birmingham proper, was growing at just an astounding rate. So there was a lot of job opportunity, a lot of economic growth happening. And so Realistically, um, there's, that's going to bring in a lot of renters and, and a lot of home buyers, and it's going to create um, a good looking rental market. And it was a good rental market, it was right. great. Yeah. And so, when I'm about to get into the, what the numbers are nowadays, I need you to also understand that I'm weighing these against the best year prior. Mm -hmm. That there was.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if COVID-19 had not intruded into our lives, 2020 would have been an even better year than 2019. It was certainly on track to be. Oh, wait a second, Brian. Would have been. How about it is? Well, that's good. I hope it continues. Oh,
0: let me tell you. Let me jump. Let me and it should and jump continue
1: for, for anyone that's uh, looking for opportunity. We, and that was to my point back in seven oh eight Yeah, we all learned that that's
0: that's when that's you, when the opportunity is. That's when you present and, and look for those opportunities. Well, I think one of the <clears throat> one of the really interesting differences is, I mean, how do you make money with an investment property, Brian? You put a tenant in there. So so how do you how, when do you start making money? Once it's leased. So let's start talking about. I mean, let, let's jump back, let's jump back a year. So last February, and that, that's kind of where things are gonna start and where we're going to build to create this. February in the the Birmingham market, I, I literally didn't take any G, geographic differences and, and move them around. I just kind of went the whole hog for it. Um, there were 62 homes in the Birmingham era, er, area that rented last last February. 62 homes leased okay. out of a total of it's like 129 homes were actually on the market or something like that. And, and 62 of them leased. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty decent numbers. That's not bad for a February. Right. The following month it went up to 72 homes. So so March of 2019, 72 homes leased signed leases out of and this is, market.
1: Uh, this is coming out of our local MLS. So yeah, only this is, the, this only is those just out, out of the local MLS. Correct. Okay.
0: Um then in April it, it had a turn down but down to only 58 and then May it was 52. June it was 64. And what what I notice about that trend is the, the home buyer market really had a big pickup in April, May, June. And it wasn't that homes weren't being moved or people weren't being moved. It was just that was the time that people were actually buying right. and moving as opposed to the rental market. And, and during
1: um, our tracking, that was. <clears> I mean, those were times when we we're losing X amount of tenants per month exactly to buy properties. Right?
0: Yeah, and, and you can really see that because I have I, I've built a wonderful spreadsheet here, Brian, and it, I'm really proud of it. But it it also and I'm tracking where those were in our classifications. So in February. 15 of the 62 were C class, 25 were B class, and 22 of them were A class properties. And that kind of makes a reverse um, shift like a a helix. It it turns to where uh, March it's 29 C class, 20 B class, 23 A class, and then May it's 25 C class, 20 B class, 13 A class, and it just kind of it just kind of twists and turns to where it's it's the opposite end of it. So that that's going to show that the C class markets were still renting when the A and B class markets slowed down a little bit because those people were able to buy homes. Right. Um, and and I have these broken down by under 1000, between 1000 and 1500 and 1500 up. That's how it's just a good easy way to classify A, B and C class. And and again, I want everyone to understand that When I'm dialing into a very specific market, these numbers look different, um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but this is, I I was just trying to get as broad of a spectrum as I could to just kind of take a, you know, take the pulse of the market from last year compared to this year. So, Brian, in February of 2020, you want to guess how many homes out of the total amount on the market ended up? Renting in February of 2020? 66. 99 oh, wow. homes <laughs> leased in February. Wow, it's way off. That's absurd. That's that's 40 C class homes. That's 22 A class homes. That, that, that's pretty absurd for a February, which, if we'll go back to Joe's numbers, it was one of the best Februarys we've ever had mm. internally. Our renting was was off the charts. Then if we jump over to March, this is the one that just makes me like drop my pencil, just just stare at this number in absolute amazement. March of 2020, last month, there were 191 homes leased wow. compared to 72 the year before. That's that's more than double. That's absurd numbers. We're talking these are these are homes. 89 of them are C-class homes, but 76 are still B-class. That, that's $1,000 to $1,500 a month. That That's 76 are between $1,000 and $1,500 a month, Brian. Mm-hmm.
1: Which that, is more than the previous year.
0: Absolutely. And the days on market are actually shortening. For, for, for the years before, it went 55 days on market to now we're at 51 days on market. I know that doesn't seem... That big of a difference, but the trend is downward
1: for days on market. Inventory's increased and
0: inventory has increased and days on market has decreased. Mm -hmm. We go to April, right now it is April 15th. It's only been half of the month, and we're already at 72 homes leased. Wow. Total throughout the market. So when we're looking at that, one of the things that I wanted to double-check back on is okay, okay, okay. So when we're looking at these, why have we leased more homes? has the price of these homes dropped significantly? They have dropped. I'll tell you that they they dropped a little bit during March and that was really March and April the average has dropped $100 from March and April of the year before. That's all it is. It went from 1213 to $1330. There's your difference. It's it's that and I think that's a lot of
1: But I can also tell you one of the strategies on several investors that I talked to was sure. Make the push, get lease ups done absolutely. in March. And if you've got to offer concessions or lower rent rate to get them in, do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, but also, you got to think when we're talking about 191 homes compared to 72. Yeah. We're talking, yeah, there's going to be some more C class homes in there, which is just going to drop that average down. I'm not 100% well, wanna, sure how much of it has been like the actual market itself has dropped. We dropped homes. Yeah, you almost tripled your C class. Really. Yeah. So. so, so our, our, marketplace our properties that we manage, we've we've dropped them about a hundred dollars for our A and B class home prices. Mm-hmm. But then we look at, for instance, Hoover, we've jumped those up a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. They they don't last on the market for more than like once we cross over that, it's about fifteen hundred dollar price range, which right when we get into A class, those A class homes, we're we're raising those price ranges. That they're on the market for what was Guilford on the market for? Six hours? Yeah, six hours.
1: So and by the way the the one we talked about, you dropped yesterday yeah, the advertising
0: on absolutely uh, two sets of complete apps on it already. Yes, yeah, so, I, mean, I mean overnight. So from an investment standpoint, we're talking to investors and you're you personally are an investor, so that's mm-hmm. that's one of the really mm-hmm. interesting things that that I want to get your weight in on this about. Um, like investing should not be slowing up right now is when you need to buy a bunch and maybe maybe take off a little bit bigger of a bite than you, you thought you wanted to originally. Yeah. Like instead of going and buying you know, 10 C-class properties, hey, I'm going to spend a million dollars, I'm going to buy 10 C-class properties, they're all going to get me... you know. Spend seven, half of that in B? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go get some $700 a month properties, they're going to be fine, whatever. They're just going to cash flow and that's all I'm concerned about. Right now, you can go buy some good deals on some B-class properties... That are gonna lease a lot quicker. They're gonna to lease to, like it or not, better qualified tenants. Mm-hmm. They're gonna end up appreciating way higher than what your C class markets are gonna do. They're gonna end up making you the same amount of money. If you've got a big, if you've got a fund, if you've got, if you've got a like a limit. I know we've we've dealt with investors that have had a total amount that they, they they get funded for what is it like a half million dollars or a million dollars? I'm like okay, I can I have a
1: oh, like a line of credit. Yeah,
0: I have I have a million dollar line of credit. Mm-hmm. I can as many properties as I can fit underneath this line of credit. We're just going to put in there and you know we, we've dealt with that. We've and dealt those are, a yeah, days. those
1: are lo- local lending institutions. Yeah, They're willing to work with you locally and. Fund your sure,
0: and, and, and these are people that are, it's local institutions lending, mm-hmm. but a lot of these investors are out of state. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so they're just coming in and, and all right, I've got a million-dollar line of credit. Let's just fit as many addresses under this million dollars as I can. And they're buying, you know, D-class, C-class, F-class properties mm-hmm. just because I can get that address and fit it underneath that line right. of credit. But but right now, what we're seeing is if you've got a million-dollar line of credit, go spend it on something it, worthwhile. Mm-hmm. How how much yeah. less have a headache, Brian, is a B class <clears throat> property to a C class, in, in your opinion? Uh it's
1: much less. I mean, your maintenance expenses, yeah. your tenant turnover, I mean, all of it. You know, the argument is on C class, you could you could place uh, a government assisted mm-hmm. tenant mm-hmm. in there, and they tend to stay for a longer period of time. Sure. But then you've got a lot of control from that agency as to what you're charging in rent, what you yeah. can and cannot do. So, I I mean, I'm. My preference is B class or even A class, yeah, because uh, we can make those numbers work. Yeah, you, a you, lot of people think you can't make A class work, but I'm here to tell you that you can. Well,
0: the, the way that we worked our rates, the fact that we have a flat fee for our monthly management changes mm-hmm. that to a really profitable um, right avenue. And, and there's not a lot of management companies out there that do that, but th- there are plenty. I mean, no matter what market you're in, I'm sure you can find a, a, a property manager that has a flat rate fee, so so an A class can actually work for you. I know we were looking at, um, a client that was telling me like, I just don't know if I can work with, with a property manager. If, if I'm spending, or if I'm renting a property and it's $3,000 a month, I'm paying you $300. I'm like, no, you're not. Oh, let's rework these numbers. If you're, if your mortgage is this, you fit just fine with us. We have right. a flat fee. And so I mean, it it's a big difference for getting that a class well, to, and partnering to with a,
1: a property management firm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're focused on a portfolio as well. So, sure. Correct. so your individual property and the overall makeup of our portfolio, because we want certain percentages of Correct. each classification of property, yeah. which is why we do the, the, the flat rate for Correct. individuals coming mm-hmm. in, because we want to attract that AB property in we do. and get those percentages. And,
0: up. and the majority of, individual investors right. are, are a I mean the, the majority of a class properties are coming from individual investors when we have institutional investors that are going to bring us you know five or ten properties okay yeah we're, we're going to get a different rate for that you're going to get your discount for that just because you're bringing us in a bunch of properties but again that's the kind of person that can really make a big difference changing a little bit of what they're doing right now from a heavily focused c and d class market to a more heavily focused C plus to B or maybe just solid B class market right now.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Well, we've seen an individual investors being investors looking to purchase properties for the purpose of renting them. Mm -hmm. Uh, We saw it last year. We saw a number of of folks that came to us that said, hey, I want to make my portfolio, but I want to build it on the B platform. Oh, yeah. Uh, And then we've also seen some of our existing clients that have shifted gears from C-Class exclusive to Mm -hmm. sprinkle in the Bs, add more of the Bs. We're still buying some C-Class, but just having a a focus on diversification of their portfolio. And for me, that's where I I don't play in the C-Class market personally. But I'm in the A-B class, but that's also because of the corporate housing tie-in. As well. True. So we're able to um, take advantage of that situation.
0: But but I also understand that to play in the A and B class market, people have to come to the table yes. with just a little bit more, more cash. Yeah. And and <clears throat> I don't want to just have a Birmingham market discussion about our B class and A class markets and why legitimately they're, they're some of the best markets you can really buy in right now just because... The, the amount of industry that we have here, those B and A class markets are absolutely killing it. There's there's deals, like good deals, they're, they're, they're sitting on the market long enough for you to actually look at them. But if they're a real good deal, you can't sit on them long. Yeah. You're going to be able to find some deals here. It's not like Huntsville in that, hey, if it's for sale, you just need to buy it.
1: Yeah, I always feel like if there's a property advertised for sale in the classification in Huntsville, just the ad's partially on fire by the time it gets. Purchased.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's just, just buy the thing. Birmingham is a little bit different; than it's slower, and you do have a little bit of time to actually understand what you're you're buying, and you really do need kind of. Um, it's it's good for you to have an expert here to help you know kind of narrow your search for what you're looking for when mm-hmm. it comes to cap rates and and total amounts. That micro Microvaluations. That that's gonna that's gonna be a big deal. But the neat thing about Birmingham is, I know it to be true. No matter how much money that somebody has, if you're an if you're an investor, and even though we're we're telling you A and B class is great, maybe you go buy one. But still, maybe that line of credit still has an extra hundred thousand dollars laying around, and you're not going to be able to buy another right. B class property. It's just you're just not going to be able to. But you don't want to just leave it sitting in there. Our C class property markets are pretty killer and they're gigantic and there's a lot of inventory in there. Mm-hmm. You just need to know how to operate. <clears> um so and, and and to those investors that that are coming to the table going, well that's what I'm trying to get anyways. I understand the value of a B class market, but I, I just I financially can't do a B class property right now. I just I can't. Yeah just work work toward that. Sure, you can work towards that. But let's dive into these C class markets, Brian. You know my polygons. Uh, James uh, James Span was talking about my polygons the other night when we had those tornadoes. The polygon. He he was he was all about some respect and some polygons. Um, they're a little bit different, but they're still the same concept. And um, I would like
1: to throw this out. So we, you know, Birmingham's our largest marketplace uh, under management, and uh, and while we had some uh, some damage from Sunday's storms, which we had, uh, gosh, I forget the total number of. Confirmed tornadoes in the state of Alabama. It was
0: like five at least, wasn't it? Uh,
1: in that was in the Birmingham. Oh
0: the, yeah, that's Birmingham something. Metro. Yeah. So, um, so the total state I have. No idea. Yeah, a I thousand, heard the number this morning. No, it was is, is a lot.
1: <laughs> it wasn't that bad,
0: but and there was a tornado. It was.
1: Uh, it was a doozy of a day, to say the least. But it sure was. You know, and always uh, a joke because we we always talk about barbecue, but as <laughs> as James Spann, the weatherman, was talking about. Where this tornado, where where it was close to geographically, he's he's like, oh yeah, that's the south of Green Top, right barbecue. next to
0: Green Top barbecue, yeah. which by the way is what you it and I is. discussed maybe a month ago. That's my favorite
1: barbecue. Yeah, that's that's a great barbecue. Just a little it's hole in the there. wall.
0: I mean, you, you go your Dreamland, you go um, what is one in Avondale, uh, Rodney Scott. You go Rodney, Rodney Scott. Scott. You go Dreamland. And they're good. They're staples. Yeah. They're they're fancier barbecue than Green Top, honestly. Yeah. But when think about the last time you and I went to Green Top Barbecue. That is really tough barbecue it's, to beat, Brian.
1: It, it is. It is. Like,
0: I, they're not a paid sponsor, or they, they've never asked to be a sponsor, but I will sponsor Green Top Barbecue <laughs> any chance I get because it's incredible. Uh, if you're
1: ever in Jasper. Yeah, just welcome us when we come come through the area. I mean, it, will, it,
0: it looks like, drop it. well, I think originally it was about the size of your office, and it's, it's very clearly that it was just kind of added, kinda added yeah. on, like, oh, we got some extra it cinder blocks, down add another room. table. Yeah step down over here. Oh, build one out that here. way. It's it's a piece together puzzle of a restaurant, but man, their barbecue's so, good.
1: I guess my whole point in that whole discussion was that we love barbecue in Alabama. Yeah, we so do. It, to the point where we reference where a tornado track is. Yeah. So I'm going to specifically reference the, a, a
0: market by it's the side where <laughs> the Green Top Barbecue is. Uh, um so when we talk about C-class markets in Birmingham, the general rule of thought um and correct me if you if you don't Catch this just from me stating it as plainly as I can. There's an east side C class and a west side C class. Yes, They're, they are similar and, and sometimes vastly C and
1: different. D class on the both of them have the their side. D's yeah. and
0: both of them have their C pluses. And, and before ish. we
1: dive completely into that, yeah. my my purpose in talking about the storm was really mm-hmm. to say we had some minor damage, mm-hmm. but considering the hundreds of houses oh that God, we have. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah. when we had long track tornadoes on the ground, and we just had some down trees, some you know shingles off roofs, so some roof leaks, some right. flooded basements.
0: I have a tear in my that, screen porch, Brian.
1: No injuries.
0: We had zero minor, dance, right? yeah, in, zero in actual Alabama. State. That's right. I was pretty impressed with that. Yeah. So, um,
1: but saying all that is great market. Yeah. We don't like to. Minimize uh, tornado risk, but but really, I mean, the last several that we've had since I've been doing this, uh, we've had minimal damage yeah. to our property. So, even uh, though
0: we do have reputation for having some, I mean, we're yeah, we we're a little bit like Kansas and Oklahoma in that we do have some big boys sometimes. Yeah. The one that came through Tuscaloosa, in, what was that, two thousand eleven? Two thousand eleven. That was pretty serious, but we haven't had one that dangerous in a while, and and that's actually
1: comforting. that's. That's the last, the last major f- one, yeah.
0: F five we've had,
1: yeah. So it, that and, and they, they talked about that yesterday because it was two two different days mm-hmm. in April, one in the beginning of the month, and one at the end, yep. uh, to where we have massive storms. But uh, but again, it's you know it is for uh, all intents
0: and purposes, we will still have more tornadoes we will. before this month is over, we and
1: we'll still have investors and investors.
0: Yeah. Oh, so we were properties. talking about polygons for the fact that I created.
1: And that's how to, we got into tornado and that is how discussion.
0: we got into the tornado discussion. But so James Spann talks about polygons because he's talking about a specific area. He draws a polygon on a map. Years he, he's been saying respect the polygon for since he was my Sunday school teacher. For Pete's sakes, I mean he, he's he's been you know he's been the weatherman in Birmingham for at least thirty years, and which
1: is largely why we had no 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 correct deaths, yeah absolutely no on the stuff, um,
0: so. He's he's super sharp guys. But he's been saying respect the polygon for a long time. And when I got into real estate and started learning how to create market data analyses, um, I started using part of our MLS allows for a drawing of a polygon on the map to select a certain specific area. Well, which if, it used
1: to be circles and,
0: which and used hexagons. To, oh, yeah, right? you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when I'm creating a market analysis i i like to and i'm sure if you've listened to our podcast multiple times you've heard me talk about polygons i like to get specific data i don't want to you know rope in parts of town that i know don't really compare to other parts of town so when i collect data i collect very specific data yet i have collected a mass amount of the c class market data i had to create two full polygons to do it brian they were separate i couldn't just do one polygon and get them to get it all I created two. I have an east side polygon and I have a west side polygon. And I'm here to tell you, there's a pretty interesting difference. We know because we manage homes in both of these areas. um, Your your eastern side of town, uh, I'm going to say some of these national investors will probably have heard of specific cities that I'm about to speak about. Um, Probably Bessemer. Most uh, investors have heard of bessemer and Centerpoint, right and and that is the best way to actually describe um what the east and west side markets are center point is on the eastern side of birmingham it is a very very large entirely c class market c and d class market it is a rental market for sure there is very little owner occupancy retail sell properties in there it, it's it's on average, it's we've we've talked about it in well, many cases. it was cases our
1: epicenter of, for foreclosures. Yeah, falling to it was, it was a 07-0. massive
0: epicenter, and the other epicenter of our foreclosures was was Bessemer, mm-hmm. and Bessemer, Brighton, the circular area around it. But Bessemer, being closer to that Amazon factory or the Amazon distribution center, uh, Bessemer itself as a city has a lot of retail sales market in it. There's, there's some A-class properties in Bessemer. There's some B-class properties in Bessemer and McCullough and some areas around there. But let, I'm here to tell you, though, the the eastern side of the market, even though we know that Center Point itself, in some cases, may seem to be a little bit tapped out. Um, there are some other markets to the eastern side of Birmingham that I think people have been sleeping on for a few years and Brian it's taken what what 20 episodes 21 episodes for me to finally be able to talk about Eastlake Not really in, we've, we've in talked that, about it in the past <laughs> well, well this is where this is where my Eastlake is folks it's on the eastern side of town it's Eastlake it's a beautiful mecca of wonderful profitability which
1: basically is in between center point
0: and, and Birmingham. Birmingham. yeah absolutely um it, it's a it's much smaller like the yeah. the actual footprint of Eastlake is just just north of Ruffner Mountain. Um, if you're looking at it on a the map, there's a big state park, Ruffner Mountain. It's it's the north side of that mountain and you go that way to the interstate and that's about it. There's there's a lake on the other side of the interstate and that's about where you stop. It's just the area around there. It's not a huge market like Center Point is. Center Point has is probably 10 times the actual maybe not 10, but it's it's significantly larger. Um, and and the home prices over in your center point area probably hover around about $110,000. So the East Lake section is really, you know, lower than that, and that's where your opportunity goes. So if we're just looking at east and west side, the median price range right now in the eastern side of town is $89,900. If you're on the west coast, if you're in the northeast, if you're someplace where you've never even seen a complete structure for under $100,000, this is where you need to go and look at. The, these price ranges are $89,000 is getting you not just sticks that you're going to have to rebuild a house. $89,000 is a, you can put someone yeah, in that nice house, house right right sure. then. It's, it looks nice. It's on average, what we're talking about with $89,000, you're looking at about a 1,800 square foot house, uh, probably built in between the 60s or the 80s, between in that 20 year time period. And the average rent over there. Is going to be about 920 bucks. Hmm. That's that's what you're looking at over there. Um, those are all going to be long-term tenants for the most part. They're, they're, you're going to have some Section 8 in that area, but that is going to be a really good cash-flowing area. And if, when you're looking at that eastern side of the Birmingham market, if you focus on that East Lake section, one of the interesting portions of that market is its appreciation. Because of its actual proximity to the city center of Birmingham, we've actually seen a significant amount of owner occupancy flips mm. and and retail sales over
1: there. Retail sales, pride and ownership. I mean, the whole dynamic.
0: In that small polygon inside this larger east side of the market right. polygon, there are homes reaching $185,000. And those are all in Eastlake. Mm. And those homes are all built in like 1950. And they look like it's 1952 right now. That They've been done really nice. And that is a really profitable flip zone if you have that capability to do so. You do have to put those nicer finishing touches because your target sales market is going to be People that are looking for a nice slice of Birmingham. It's, it's your first time home buyer. They work downtown, they work for a ship or a, a regions or some large bank or, or, or hospital. Mm-hmm. And they have the disposable income to have something nice, but they're still in their, you know, early stages of, of home buying opportunity or Which back or, to
1: my earlier discussion if they're currently living in an apartment.
0: Exactly. They want to option. have something nice. Right. And they're looking for something nice, is what I'm saying. And so, but but there's no other op- opportunities in all of Birmingham down as far as to Calera where you can really buy for under $180,000, unless you're buying some little tiny track home that looks exactly like your neighbor's house. So, if you had the option, let, Brian, let's say you're you're 30 years old, you've got you've got a new family, your options are, or you don't have a family, you're you're a single person or a newly married person, and your options are, you can buy a track home that was built you know, a few years ago for $185,000 and you can reach out your kitchen window and touch your neighbor, or a really nice, incredibly custom craftsman style home that's five minutes from your office Hmm. for the same price range. Yeah, it's older, but it's super unique. Custom craftsman
1: is where I'd go, but there was... uh,
0: That's what we're seeing in that area. So
1: another thing that I've heard in the last couple of weeks is, uh, you know, when you're... It's really designed for the build for rent. I know I'm getting off subject, but but also you probably ought to consider this in your uh your rehabs your remodels mm-hmm. and the focus being on office space in the home mm-hmm. given the current situation given the new work environment yeah. putting more emphasis on that so then my answer to your question would be as a single 30 year old I'd be looking for a three bedroom yeah absolutely two bedrooms and one office absolutely so.
0: and and we've seen a lot and, of that over there if we if we look back to some of our flips and turns in that area one of the things that I have noticed with those two bedroom homes, they're two bedroom with a dining room, mm-hmm. and that dining room is becoming an office. Right. So that is also an option. Um, but the three bedroom is that's that's yeah, a lot kind of, those of the that, golden child that right there. Dining
1: room, and then they'll have that back room on the back yeah. of the house, which could yeah. easily be converted.
0: So. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we've seen a lot of that go mm-hmm. on because, and it's a lot of those is just how that the homes are shaped. Right. And a lot of the two bedroom homes can have a third bedroom converted someplace or or something like that very few of these homes are are stuck in a you're not adding a bedroom here you're not doing a thing here and the good thing is you can buy these homes that you can turn into that you can buy a home and create that you can buy in at fifteen thousand dollars right that's that's the that's where this whole thing becomes uh not only a nice thought this is where it becomes equitable this is where it becomes Oh, that's it's like oh, that's possible. I can do this. If we look at um, let's talk about Vienna. Uh, that was that was a, a really quick and really successful flip that we did earlier last year in this marketplace. Mm-hmm. We basically gutted an entire house. We took it down to, it had outside walls and I guess some studs somewhere, I assume. I walked into that house when Alan was ripping things apart. Yeah, it originally,
1: was, what was it? A th- it, was it was a three-bedroom, three two, two-bath. Three-bedroom, two-bath.
0: When we completed it, it was a two-bedroom, one-bath, but very specifically because a lot of wasted space was in there and we reworked some stuff and made it mm-hmm. incredibly nice. We flipped that home for what was it, $25,000, was the total amount of work into it. Mm-hmm. The Our client that that owned it and, and was having us do this this process for him, bought it for around $20,000. And it took us 40 some odd days to complete it? 46, 47? Yeah,
1: well, I, I would call that one probably 40 days. Okay. Because we ripped the, basically cleaned out the basement. So mm-hmm. got rid of the bedroom and the bath and the basement. So that yeah. was about a 40-day process. But I mean,
0: it was, essentially, we, that house was gutted. Yeah. I mean, it, it went from a I I was uncomfortable walking in it the first time we, we went into it, just because... The smell and it was nasty and the the ceiling was kinda crumbly and was a little bit iffy about walking into that kitchen because that the 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 basement downstairs had it a little bit slanted and I was like, uh it was rough. Yeah. With about twenty five thousand dollars, it became it was beautiful.
1: Nice craftsman home. It was
0: a craftsman home. It rented in what, six days or six something like that?
1: Six and, days and uh and we resold it yeah after we after we leased it. Yeah.
0: And 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 that is that that was a turnkey situation. We we sold it to another investor internally. Mm-hmm. The way that that operated, it w- it was designed for a. We're not trying to flip. That wasn't even a flip. That was a turnkey. No,
1: it was a turnkey performing property. Yeah. Basically, here's here's what you're looking at. Here's the performance.
0: Yeah. We we, we had some we're clients that were not speculating that, that at were, all. This is what we've done. Yeah. Th- that was there was no speculation. That was we had some clients that were hey I need somebody to create this for me in this area. We went hey. Here you go. Yeah, we've created one. Do you want it? Yes, we do. I mean, I think we closed in like eleven days. It was really quick. Yeah, but professional renter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, uh, great income, low risk, and then we turn around. uh, Tenant's already renewed. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I love her too. She's great.
0: Yeah. Hey everybody, it is Jonathan and Brian here. We want to tell you about one of our preferred partners, Roofstock. Everyone knows that real estate is a great way to build your personal wealth and diversify your investment portfolio, but we all know it can be complicated. With Roofstock, you can invest in single family homes across the country with as little as $20,000 down. They've made the whole
1: process transparent and easy to engage. View inspection reports, take a 3D tour, see neighborhood ratings, and when you find a property you like, add it to your cart. It's as easy as buying a pair of shoes online.
0: So don't wait. Reach out to Roofstock today at roofstock.com. But the point of that is that whole market over there is is similar in that the the turnkeys that are happening over there are really high-end turnkeys because we do see some turnkeys over there Mm -hmm. and they all look really nice. They have the nicer... Newer, more updated finishes. And then, on top of that, the ones that are being sold over there are, like, complete flips. They're a whole nother level uh, of, like, just complete... Uh, it's not just a flip and a rehab. It's like a restoration, almost. Yeah. yeah. There was one that I went into a month or two back before the whole COVID situation where the, the uh, ceiling in the kitchen was wooden slats, but it was the original wooden slats. Mm-hmm. And they were like <clears throat> refurbished, not not replaced. They were like restored. It was something I'd never... I was just in awe. That house sold for almost $200,000 over there. But that's an opportunity over there that people can get. And yes, there's still center point. Hey, do you need a place to rent? Look in center point. There's 200 homes on the market at any given time to rent. Yeah. Except for right this minute, actually. Right now, in all of Birmingham, there's only like 350 homes actively listed. Um we we're not running out of houses. It's they're all leasing. Yeah. Because anybody that's looking to lease is, is leasing quick right now. Uh, and
1: that's what we talked about earlier today was the <clears> fact <throat> that while lead generation's down slightly, those people that are actually looking are are not shopping around. They oh not at all. Putting their applications in, move me in now. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's that's the mentality we're working with. And the other side of town. I'm going to talk about the west side of town, Brian. With Bessemer Bessemer has some A and B class opportunities, mm-hmm. but again, the, the point of this end section of this market discussion was I wanted to talk about the C class and the D class and and the first-time investor places to to really feed in, in Birmingham and, and make some money. The western side of town outside of the nice A and B classes in Bessemer and McCullough, there are some astounding deals. You can buy a house for under $10,000 out there. It is a place that you can go and spend next to nothing. And you can put a tenant in the property, Brian. You can make some cash flow. If that's all you're concerned with, if that's what you want to do, it's really easy and quick to do. I would really suggest that if you're going to do that, you need to find somebody that is reputable to help guide you through that. Because there's a lot of people offering, hey, I've got a $25,000 house with a great tenant paying seven, dollars $800 a month rent. You can buy them straight from me. It's perfect. It's fine. You don't even have to worry about it. And that not necessarily being the most accurate version of what's really happening. We know that's happening. right? And, and that is one of those markets that I see more of that than any other market. Um, but I say that with... They also thought in the back of my mind, there is Pleasant Grove and there is Hueytown out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And those are good markets. The average on that side of town is $100 less for rent than it is on the eastern side of town. And again, I'm taking giant chunks. So I'm including Graysville and Adamsville and Hueytown and Pleasant Grove and Fairfield. <laughs> and all, I'm taking the entire west versus the entire east. I mean, it's, it's $100 less rent over there for, for what your median and average is. Your, your high end over there is... Just not gonna cap over a thousand. Realistically, it's just not unless you're in a whole nother classification of home. You can get over a thousand on the eastern side of town um, and still stay in C class, really kind of neighborhoods. It's just kind of yeah, really doing some C nice classes. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's not what's happening on that western side of town. It's just not a thing that we well, see. Well, it's not.
1: It's not available in the. You know the vast abundance that, that you see on the eastern side of town. Mm-hmm. So you can still find a solid sea neighborhood yeah. or a home, mm-hmm. um, but it's yeah it's fewer and far between. So when you're when you're looking on that side, it's unique, but at the same time, you want to go ahead and snag that one while it's available.
0: Absolutely, because this is the point that makes it so attractive and why we sell these things. The median home value on that western side of town is only fifty four thousand dollars. Well. So if you're looking at eighty nine thousand, is getting a decent house. Fifty four thousand dollars is getting you basically the same thing that eighty nine thousand is getting you on the eastern side of town. It just is. You're getting hundred dollars less a month per rent. Mm-hmm. You just are, um, but you're getting about the same kind of quality of a house. Yeah, the you're difference, taking on a little higher
1: risk. You're taking the on the a tenants. higher risk,
0: and and you're not going to gain the appreciation that you do. Right. That that's your you're really when I'm talking with her first time home buyers that are really kind of. Or first-time investors are like, I've got about a hundred thousand to spend. Where do I need to put it? This is the discussion that I'm having with them, and that's what uh, m- most of the time that I'm actually working as a realtor. That's my discussion. That's that's who I'm talking to is people. I got about a hundred, maybe maybe under a hundred or around that. That's what I want to. That's what I can comfortably spend and and flip and do stuff with. Help me aim this hundred thousand dollars in a direction. Find me a few things to show me what I can do with it. And and th- those are your two mentalities. One of them is going to, for sure, be cheaper. And it's going to cash flow just fine. But it's it's not going to have that end result appreciation that you're going to get in the western side of town as you will in the eastern side of town. the The appreciation in the eastern side of town is about 13% a year over the past five or six years. The western side of town, it's been 7%. Which I know that still sounds decent. I mean, and if you're in there, there's definitely some markets in the country where seven percent appreciation over a year sounds excellent. And if you're talking fifty thousand dollars, that's a pretty cheap way to gain whatever seven percent of uh, fifty thousand dollars is. It's not bad, but I mean, it's just it's just a if if you're looking for appreciation, there's a lot nicer B class markets than we should even focus on than either of those two right. realistically. So it's it's the the markets that they're available is got a lot of opportunity in it and it's going to take some time or an expert to really help you narrow that, that home buying investment buying target into. And, and I think once you have someone that can really help find where, where you're yeah, going to find
1: your buy box, figuring mm-hmm. out what kind of money you've got to spend. Sure. You know, that's, that's an easy
0: task. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely the deals are available. <clears throat>
0: be found and I think I think Birmingham is is a market that any investor of any size I mean specifically we're talking like $54,000 you're finding a house that you can put a tenant in up to you know we literally have a property that that we're trying to bring in that is a uh, I think the the estimate for its market value was right at about a million the guy that I was talking to yesterday it's going to be a $5,000 a month property it's a probably a million dollars in sales value. So it, depending on what level of investment you are.
1: We call that the white elephant.
0: Yeah, we, so, we, we've got yeah. it in Birmingham is my point. The, <clears throat> the Birmingham market is a vast um, landscape of what do you want to invest in? It's here in spades in Birmingham. Um, we can find you whatever you're really looking for. And, and we can, ha- it's a good, this is a good market to start in. If you're going to be utilizing uh, AHI Properties, which I suggest you to use, this is a really good place to start because we, th- this is where we have a lot of consultants in this market. Um, we've got Kim and Joe and myself and you, and we, we've got enough people here that that can help really define what investment you're going to get when you're looking at something. Mm-hmm. So, And we, we have those in other markets too. We just have more of those here in Birmingham. Right. Um, so, so this is a good market to start in because you're going to get the most help here is is what what i'm trying to say if you're if you're just starting this is a good market to to start in to kind of get your feet wet get your your comfort level up because we have everything here no matter where your comfort level is we have it here we can help you with it and then if you want to take some more risks if you want to take my advice and say let's go look at mobile we've made some money in birmingham now let's go look at mobile but nobody knows what's happening down there let's go buy it Cool. Let's go play there. Hey, you know what? I like all this money. It's moving really, really fast. I'm ready to bite the bullet. Let's go Let's go spend a million dollars in Huntsville. Okay. We can do that in 15 minutes. Let's go. I mean, so Birmingham is a good place to start. Understand how the Alabama markets work. Understand how, especially the, the landlord tenant laws and, and how property management works in this area, what tenants are like, what, what the buying is like in the state. Get you a feel for what's happening because there's a little bit of this There's there's parts in Birmingham that you can go to and be like, oh, this is kind of like what Huntsville is, but a smaller version. Oh, this is kind of like what Montgomery is like, but a smaller version. This is kind of like, I mean, you can you can get a feel for what the state is like. You know, at some point we're talking
1: about buying properties, we're talking about you know whether it's flipping or rehabbing or whatever. You know, somebody brought up a good point earlier today on another panel to say, hey, you know, back post oh seven oh eight. Nobody was even looking at the tenant-occupied investment property. Absolutely, it didn't even exist. Everybody wanted to buy, the <clears> tenanted. <throat> let me buy it. Let me rehab it. Let me increase the yes. ARV, mm-hmm. and then let me then go out and lease it. Yeah, and that was the standard. So now we've got a lot of interest. I can still remember that first client coming in and buying exclusively tenant occupied oh yeah you know you already know how it's performing at mm-hmm. that particular point so there's a lot more of that available now
0: yeah there um, sure is.
1: so you don't have to you don't have to view a, a potential purchase as hey I've got to come in I've got to dump a bunch of cash yeah. into it to get it ready uh, there's a lot of opportunity out there to where it's already ready mm-hmm. it's already tenanted it's already performing you get a chance to look at the ledgers the leases you know all those different dynamics so that's that's a very valuable uh, asset
0: and 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 realistically as far as utilizing as much help as you can, just because of the size of Birmingham, we have the most help here. Um, whether you're utilizing us or, or another real estate company or whoever, yeah. it's just the population here, there's a lot more realtors, there's a lot more experts in in Birmingham um, that can help you walk through that. And I always suggest, no matter what, what you're looking to buy, you, use an expert. If you're not in Birmingham, if you're from someplace else, and if this is not your only profession, if all you do isn't, real estate, then then you need someone that that is all they do right? right. to to really help you navigate what you're buying, what you're getting yourself into and how it's going to perform. And and as far as final thoughts, I think that's basically just, just use an expert.
1: Yeah. I was going to say that would be yours. My final thought for today's episode would be to, uh, you know, back to the old saying of strike while the iron's hot. Mm -hmm. I I think there's opportunity now. There's some uncertainty. Uh, There's a, place for taking advantage of that particular situation. And uh, and there's still, I mean, properties are still closing. They're still selling. Uh, we're still placing tenants. I mean, mm-hmm. all of our operation is still ongoing. And as you mentioned, the leasing side of it is just crazy good right yeah.
0: now. Which was something that I don't think anybody knows. Yeah, you know, I,
1: I, expected, I expected it to be for March, but I really thought when April hit, it would start to you know, break check. Yeah. It's not, and it's not, it's not even, it's though. not. So, so we're thankful for that. Who's, who knows what May's going to bring, but, uh, I can assure you from a property management standpoint, we'll be ready for it based mm-hmm. on whatever's, uh, going on across the industry. But, mm-hmm. uh, my final thoughts would, would be now's not the time to sit on your wallet.
0: No, it's now not.
1: is the time to start looking for your deals.
0: Yeah. So. Um, and I, th- I just, as, uh, well, we're signing out here and, and letting everyone go. Um, we have a GoFundMe for uh, our tenants that we are working on amidst the, the COVID 19 um, pandemic. Set up. It's already set up. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a commercial in this episode specifically talking about it, but I just want to highlight it one more time. If you can, if you have the ability to, and, and, and you feel that it's something that, that you would like to do, uh, we have created a GoFundMe page to help provide for people that have been affected by the COVID-19. Yeah, it's a rental pandemic.
1: relief program uh, fund. And uh, we're setting it up for those that have been impacted, specifically for those that have working for small businesses that are mm-hmm. closed, uh, that have either been furloughed or terminated, uh, and even those that have had reduced hours. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's uh, somebody also mentioned today uh, the terminology I liked, um, the product not so much, but it was talking about the... Uh, the rent ratio, rent to income ratios mm-hmm. expected to decrease with everybody's salaries kind of unemployment growing, salaries decreasing, uh, situations where somebody maybe used to work for a different type of company and now they're sure. working for like ship, like we mentioned yeah, earlier absolutely. or something. But, uh, but anyways, there's uh, it's out there. Uh, we're going to continue to leave that GoFundMe account open, uh, for as long as we need to, to assist people, um, that are uh, tentative with us and uh, again we appreciate any contribution that anybody could make and uh, it's it's going uh, to a very good cause and mm-hmm. helping those people uh, be able to pay a portion of their rents
0: yeah and and for any questions about that or anything else mm-hmm. feel free to email us at podcast at properties.com um, I'm going to have a link in the bottom section of of the uh, just kind of the outline of the information page of this podcast if you'll look down in down in the, the information section, we're going to make sure that we have a link for the GoFundMe page. And, of course, everything else is in there. You can go to our website, email us, yeah. contact us however you need it. But, uh, everyone, thank you so much for being uh, a part of this episode today. Thank you for, for joining us and listening. Brian, thank you as always.
1: Yeah, thank you. And, everybody, um, stay healthy, uh, stay safe. Mm-hmm. Um, stay inside. Stay inside. <laughs> do your social distancing. And uh, we'll all get through this together. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.
0: And on that note, let's take a moment to talk about one of our preferred partners, the RentPath Network.
1: Cool. What all can they do for us?
0: Well, RentPath is a whole family of digital solutions for the rental industry. Apartmentguide.com, Rent.com, and Rentals.com. Plus, they help property management folks with their social media, their PPC, SEMs, online reviews and ratings, leads, leasing, community management, and absolutely a whole lot more.
1: Wow, that is a lot. And you can be in front of more than 10 million renters every month and 120 million annually through RentPath's rapidly expanding online network.
0: That's absolutely amazing. Let's show them all where to click.
1: That's easy. Visit rentpath.com to learn more today. The songs Lobby Time, Retro Future Clean, and Rocket Power were created by Kevin McLeod of Incomputech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution. Visit creativecommons.org licenses by 3.0 on the web.